0: Do you want a cult? Hello. Hello. Why do I always... We? Okay. We're, we're rolling, Nick. We're natural. Going all oh natural. We are going commando for this episode. No scripts. Wow. No plan. No, no underwear. Nothing. No underwear. No plan. Nothing. And uh, underwear Nick, underwear. welcome to the Pinch Music Podcast, part of the Paper House Network. It's a good thing that we have pop filters, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of P's in the introduction. And pop filters take care of peas. Little recording hack Pre-
1: Precisely.
0: How are you doing, Nick? We're um, Nick's next to me again, so it's going to be a silly episode.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm still here. We're still alive. We've uh, been hanging out in the studio together for a whole entire week, and we're still feeling okay. Checking our temperatures, and it is going well. Jim is still self quarantining in his apartment. In, at least he's in New York City still. So, although I mean, now yeah. it
0: looks like you're in a. Um, strange, like,
1: I know it's kind of funny. There's video. a lot of like nice, like,
0: oh, there's nice
2: good vibe. This oh, I've and I've never seen I'm, your like, apartment. Gets, like, this, this, like, sad white wall.
0: Yeah, yeah, you look like you're in a terrorist video, like they're about to slit your throat.
1: <laughs> and it looks like you could say, you could dare to say he looks like he's in a cult.
0: Ooh. Uh, now, that's a segue.
1: That's why they call me Mr. Segway.
0: So do you want to explain? I mean, I don't know if we should have Nick explain it, but maybe we should. Nick, what is this episode?
1: Well, so this episode is cult classics. And what we did is we put on our giant playlist the entire album, which is considered a cult classic. And now throughout this episode, we are going to listen to a certain song from an album, and we're going to discuss it. Now, Scott had actually mentioned this in last week's episode. And talked about wanting to do this, and I was all about it as long as Scott could explain to me what a cult classic is. And as that was we, your first mistake, as we sit here recording live, I still don't know what a cult classic is. So this could be interesting. Well, as you're still
0: uh, 21 episodes in, you're still trying to figure out what Kraut Rock is. And what prog what rock the, is prog for that rock matter. Is. Which there is a prog rock song on this. Yeah. Uh so you know. I mean, look, Jim, do you want to explain what, I mean, clearly Nick doesn't know what a cult uh, classic is. Do you want to explain it?
2: Well, here's the, you know, I struggled with it too. I kind of came down to three things. So one, I mean, it needs a dedicated following of fans. Um, Yes. And I think, you know, if it's like slightly, not completely mainstream, that helps, but we definitely have some mainstream music that made it on here. But I think, you know, maybe it's like a mainstream, you know, album or, you know, obviously you hear more for like movies, you know, people know about it and it's like whatever, well regarded. But then there's that dedicated group of people that just love it a little too much and can tell you a few too many things about it and have seen it or listened to it a few too many times. Um, and it just adds to the mystique of of the album.
0: I mean, you can also say call classic are very respected albums and the fact that they have a very niche following you could say um that it is their hipster records so they're like number one records in hipster pretentious circles right so it's like Mm -hmm. you know a cult classic is like a cool person like clearly these are like cliche records in cool people circles mm-hmm.
1: you know what i mean well i know yeah. cult classic they can also me- be nerdy i feel yeah well a cult classic i know the, the well, you hipsters
0: know- i mean i would consider nerds
1: yeah absolutely yeah, but yeah. cult classic to me in film you know that's easy you know army of darkness is a cult classic i i understand that that well, it's the same thing so so what i went with is i went with albums that i know personally uh because I did kind of, I Googled, you know, I hundred greatest cult classic albums because I wanted to see what was considered a cult classic. And to me, they were just obscure albums. And I was like, well, that's almost kind of, you know
0: sometimes they're
1: obscure, sometimes yeah. they're not. Yeah. So like I was like, it's, I well, don't
0: I had that problem too. Yeah, okay, so but, I don't I,
1: think, I, I yeah. if I don't know the album, if they're obscure and I don't know it, then I can't really speak on it. So what I went mm-hmm. with was I took some albums that may have been unnoticed or underappreciated at the time of their release and then gained notoriety, Uh, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. That was a big
2: one for me. That was a big qualification for me. I mean, I had many qualifications, but that was definitely one thing I looked at is like albums that were either critically panned when they came out or just not, did not do well uh, commercially. And then years later, sort of developed uh, a bit of a following.
0: And I think that that is a good criteria um, or a good mention that it, it's cult classics are records. It's interesting because mm-hmm. it's not really cult classic songs. They're, they're right. generally an entire record. So that's why on the playlist, it's like four days long because it's, it's all, we put the whole record on there, which is awesome. And I think is a really cool thing. and And you can listen to this, um on shuffle and it's kind of awesome you could listen to this for a really long time
1: yeah we do have a lot of really good albums i w- I will admit though my picks may be uh a part you know debatable on whether or not you consider them cult classics i'd love to hear what the pinchers think so please write in and you know feel free to call me an idiot and tell me that sublime's 40 ounces of freedom is not a cult classic but it's on the list because I put it there.
0: It is on the list, and there's a lot of honorable mentions too. And I feel like yeah. I I kept changing my picks. Oh, I kept I, ch-
2: I literally just just changed. I reverted back to my picks, but I was literally changing one in that just now.
0: But wait, but then you reverted back. So do I have the right list here?
2: Probably. Oh, I don't know. I mean, just on the on now the actual I need playlist. To, yeah. What do I on need? Spotify. It's correct. Yeah.
0: All oh, right. Well, now I need to update it to make sure. Did you change it? Let's see. How long
2: back to what I had earlier?
0: How long is our uh, our cult classics? Is only eight hours? No, it was it was the the
2: full playlist is twenty one hours and twenty four minutes.
0: Great, I have more albums that I want to put on. Hmm. I have so many more that I want to do, and and uh, I feel like we need a cult classics too. We also need a soundtracks. Uh, version two, uh, we need a lot of version twos. Yeah, but- we
1: need we need some sequels. But once again, pinchers, please, please let us know. The request lines are open. If you want to hit us up on Instagram, at pinch recording, and send us a DM of what you want to hear, what you think that we get wrong, what we get right, and what kind of episodes you want us to talk about. We would love to hear your requests Yeah, and we're running out of
0: ideas. No, we're not. And the Instagram is pinch recording, not pinch music, because um, we didn't want to have two uh, Instagrams. So anyway, who cares, really, at the end of the day? Um, We are going to start this off, and we actually chose our own three. So we each chose three this time. We didn't pick for each other. Um, because i find like cult classics are things you want to show off even though they're well known but they're only well known by the hipsters so it's an interesting thing yeah. right cuz heather yeah. would not know any of these songs um so i'm just throwing that out heather is the barometer for me in 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 music Up to me. That was uh, television, Marky Moon. And this is uh, probably the most cult classic. I mean, you don't, I don't think you get more cult classic than this. I don't know if you guys have heard of this record before. Um, but it definitely has a very specific following. And it's also these records that are like moments in time that are very unique and that that there's nothing like them. And this record is like in the late 70s. Um, it's sort of like a punk rock Sort of record. Um, And, you know, this was engineered actually by the same engineer who did uh, Exile on Main Street by the Stones. And there's, and you can actually hear the similar, like you would in this song. I mean, the rest of the record isn't quite like this, but you can hear a Rolling Stones vibe, right? Like there is that kind Mm -hmm. of vibe, but they're considered sort of like punk in a way, but a little bit more technical um, than your sort of average punk record. Have you heard this record, Jim?
2: Not really. But yeah, I I know that I know that vibe. It's like, oh, it feels a little punkish, but it's definitely not punk because, yeah, it's it's more a little more intricate. And
0: they have Um, other records, but this is definitely the record that they're known for or Mm -hmm. the record that like shines as as a cult classic.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that I mean, it definitely feels like, you know, sort of like proto indie rock almost. But 20 years, you know, 20 years earlier.
0: Yeah, because Um, it doesn't seem like it would be from the late 70s. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's also, I think, something that can be uh, a definition of Call classic is that it is an influential record.
2: Totally. Is that yep. it's
0: not necessarily commercially successful. However, it's very mm. influential to other yeah. musicians and other.
2: Yeah. Like the mainstream is not listening to it, but it's what the musicians are listening yeah, it's to. Like
0: your favorite band's
1: favorite band. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Your favorite friend. You're getting it, buddy. Yeah. Well, no, I know this band too. Like, so that's the thing. Oh, you do? And that's because I've made this reference a million times before, and I'll make it a million times again that this podcast is very similar to the movie High Fidelity, where we Hmm. think we're the, you know, the underappreciated music scholars and we look down on those who don't know us. Well, this is the episode where that's apparent is you're supposed to look down on people who don't like, oh, you don't know television? You don't know the band television? What are you, some kind of idiot? You must like, uh, who do you like, Britney Spears? You know what I mean? Like you just kind of, and this is one of those bands that I've heard people say that. I think that's why I had a hard time with this is because, like I said earlier, I don't know, because it's obscure and I don't know it, I don't want to pretend that I do. Just because I've heard of it or I'm familiar with the band or the artist, I don't want to talk on it as if I'm a, I don't want to be a poser. You know what I mean? That's like the worst thing you can do. be in the music business is a poser, and I don't want to be like that. So I'm a, I am was only talking about artists that I know, so maybe they're not called classics, but I'm glad that you picked this, Scott, because it is a band that I am familiar with. Have you
0: listened to the record? No. Okay, well, that's something you must do. Yeah. Um, there was a record on here that um, was a discovery for me, and that was one of Jim's picks, which I actually might as well play now. I'm going to skip forward. You hear how it's progressing?
2: It's. What do you call that? The song
0: progresses. And then. <laughs> this was clearly recorded in Prague. Yeah. Who, what is um, that, Jim?
2: So that is, the song is Of A Lifetime off the self-titled Journey album, their first album. Um, and obviously, you know, might be a little surprised to hear that that is Journey. And it's their self-titled album because nothing off their self-titled album or their second album appears on, is a radio hit, appears on any Journey compilation or Journey greatest hits, It's like, it's just ignored in the history of Journey. Um, And they're basically, in my opinion, a completely different band. I mean, one, Steve Perry is not yet in the band. Um, And they are just a straight-up prog rock band for their first couple albums without a ton of commercial success. Definitely some critical success. Um, But it's basically... Uh, you know, as famous as journey is, they're like an, almost an unknown prog rock band.
0: Dude. I mean, it's so cool. It's almost like the fleet Mac that start, you know, like fleet Mac started as a blues band and then, and then Stevie Nicks came along like this, mm-hmm. this record I'd never even heard. And I mean, yeah. I've never been a huge journey fan, but I was listening to this record this morning. I was like, Holy fuck. It's a really good record. It's prog rock. It's recorded mm-hmm. really well. It's got a vibe. Like, I, you know, it's this is a new discovery, which by the way is another episode that we need to do is new discoveries that we've discovered since we started the podcast.
1: But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, Jim, let me ask you is there a uh, fan base that hates Steve Perry and is a big journey pre Steve Perry fan? I mean, almost so, like because like Van Halen, you know, how Van Halen has like the David sure. Lee Roth versus the Sammy Hagar kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that yeah. does that exist in the journey world? Um, Honestly, not not to my
2: knowledge. I think it's more there's a certain group of people like you know me. You know, I'm not like a giant prog rock fan, but I think people that are into prog rock and like right off Journey is like, oh my god, like I hear that shit at the bar all the time, and I hate it. Um, that are very into this. Um, I, I don't know if there's a you know a huge number of dedicated early Journey fans. You know, maybe there are that are you know were around at the time and were fans, but I think the fact is they were not very big when this stuff was coming out. So I don't think they really uh, had a huge fan base at the time. It's one of those things that's like sort of um, almost been discovered later.
1: Yeah. What what are the chances of somebody who likes this album also likes bumping their fist to Don't Stop Believing? Right. Exactly. Probably not a a big chance. How does that
0: happen? Mm -hmm. How does a band go from this to that?
1: No, I know. It's funny because you usually think of
0: bands
2: as starting – um, you know, what am I trying to say?
1: Starting shi- that. <laughs>
0: starting like bad well, and becoming better.
1: There. Um, well, I think when a band gets commercial success, yeah. they just some some bands choose to follow that, and I also yeah, think exactly. that that will be yeah. brought up in a couple more picks. But you know, mm-hmm. you when the crowd hears the audience and the people hear a certain song, that's what they want. They want that certain sound. And some bands choose mm-hmm. to ignore it, and then they get they get no love, or they just lean right into it. I mean, look at Sugar Ray, for God's sakes. Do you remember, I don't know if yeah. you guys remember their first album, but it was like almost heavy thrash metal. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Fly takes off, and next thing you know, they're just the poppiest band of all time. Well, not of all yeah. time, but you know what I mean. Like, they just they mm-hmm. leaned into that sound, and now they're filthy, stinking rich. So, you know, Absolutely. depends on what you want.
0: Well, I think we should move Can't to a Nick him. choice, personally.
1: Yeah, let's get in it. <laughs>
2: Rubbing around the town like when you're driving a Range Rover. Expanding the horizon. Expanding the parameters. Expanding
1: the rhymes of soccer MC amateurs.
2: isac Isaac Newton. A scientific Easy. have been Franklin with a kite. I Get Nova with the key. No rock shocking the mic of the many times, times the times table.
0: well to tell the spell, all of the old. That is the
1: sound of science by the Beastie Boys off the album Paul's Boutique, which I can safely say is a cult classic. Um, it made it made my list, and it also made the other lists that I, when I was reading the uh, the Google. Uh, this album, I will I will admit, I did not like this album. This was their second album after License to Ill, and it was different, and it was huge, hugely consisting of samples which is funny for me to say that I didn't like the album but I still not like the album no I love it now yeah I love it and I think that's what I think that is the reason that when this album came out of course I was young but I didn't like it I was like what is this what is this noise a bunch of sounds and noises I don't like this and then as the years passed and I became you know a fan of sampling and many people know who listen to this podcast know that I love the art of sampling and then I revisited this album And it blew my mind. Like, how did I not know that this album existed with all these? Each song has, like, four to five different samples. And it's, like, of popular music, too. Like, when you listen to hip-hop samples, like, in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 90s, it's not recognizable you know you listen to the chronic and you, you, nothing but a g thing you know that sample no one knows that sample no one know, no one knew that that was a, a previous song that existed before unless you were into the old soul and r&b sound which i don't think many people were but then you listen to it like this this song samples the beatles you know if I don't, I don't know if you guys heard that but that bass line is the beatles and the song it's is I, it? I believe it's one i'm 64 no oh, shit. Yeah, if you if you play it back, you hear that baseline is like when I get older losing my hair. That's huh. that's the oh, baseline. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that was and the, and then that's like only the one one part of the sample. There's multiple songs that were sampled that are recognizable and it's almost like, "Oh man, I've wasted so many years of my life thinking I didn't like this album because it's drastically different from Ill Communications and this album is regarded as their best critically acclaimed but like popularity wise or like mass popularity it's not it, it you know ill communications and then licensed to ill and then you know their older stuff uh but this one kind of made them they turned them from like frat boy you know uh funny rap into like legitimate musicians and it's um it's a great album the whole way through if you're into sampling you'd love it if not you'll you're going to recognize a lot of the sounds and uh, I think that's what made me think of cult classic with this one is because it's mm-hmm. wasn't as popular at the time of its release, but it's renowned as probably the Beastie Boys' best album. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that, dude. See? I know what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll say, I, you know, I had a few Beastie Boys albums uh, growing up, and I did not, you know, did not have this one. It definitely didn't, like, register for me. You know, I was never a gigantic fan, but, you know, I got, I got what was popular, basically. Yeah, you so know, I think, I think this is a great pick
1: fight for your right to party was was yeah. was wildly popular. And then they come out with this and it was like, what is this? What is this mess? What is this noise? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they kind of fell off and then they came back with ill communications, which was a is a, another album. If you think about if you go back and revisit that album, you're like, oh, my God, this album is fantastic. It's just go back and listen to early Beastie Boys. And you're you just remember you fall in love with them all over again. And I'm glad I'm glad we did this playlist because it gave me an opportunity to re-listen to Paul's boutique. And it was like, wow, I'm glad that I've matured enough to know that this is a fantastic album.
0: He's Steve Littman.
1: And she's Candy Claire.
0: And together we
1: figure, figure it. it.
0: Join us as we take on life's unanswered or overly answered questions. Our guests include comedians, healers, environmentalists, bake-off contestants, and some nonsense from our beloved intern, Dine. You can send us questions and hear them answered live on the podcast. A new episode every or every other Wednesday on Paper House Network. I saw it written and I saw it say that's nick drake pink moon and this actually is a record that i listen to a lot on vacation and i don't know did i end up putting this on summer jams i Does don't anybody know i don't
1: remember i don't really remember
0: i think i put it on summer jams because um i was listening to a lot while we were away uh a couple weeks and um this is a record that is uh, very, and I, this could be definitely the definition of a cult classic, meaning that when it came out, it was not popular by any means. I was just Wikipediaing and it said it sold less than 5,000 copies when it came out um, and gained notoriety much after his death. I, th- I believe he died very young. Um, and this record is beautiful and it's very much like. Um, Uh, an influential record um, because it has a sound that you wouldn't think was recorded again in the time it was recorded, which was the seventies, I believe. And, uh, what, right. I got to look at the the Wikipedia. It it sounds
1: very modern.
0: Oh, it's got a beautiful, beautiful sound. So it looks like, yeah. So this was a seventies record. I mean, it has, um, before it's time, sort of indie rock folk vibes, you know? Um, Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. This is this is just a beautiful record. I remember hearing it for the first time, just thinking, God, this is amazing. And I can listen to this record over and over
1: again and, yeah, and uh the, It sounds as if this is the type of song that Zach Braff would put in Scrubs, which is a foreshadow to another group that we're going to listen to, but it definitely they has didn't a, make the list.
0: Oh, yeah. oh you didn't put a, you didn't put the shins on? I didn't put the shins on, but that's definitely, but yes, <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, so it has that, that indie rock
1: vibe. Yeah, but it sounds modern, which right. makes me want to ask like, Jim, how long does an album have to be out for before it becomes cult classic status? You know, nothing within the th- last I, five I think years. Or is there...
2: And I'm sure partially it's just because we're not hip enough that we didn't choose any that came out in the last a couple years. years. Um, but I don't think it has to be very long at all. No, I think there's, there's um,
0: records that come out where you're like, this is an instant cult classic. Yeah. You know, like I would, I would consider pimp a butterfly. Is that what it is to be a cult mm. classic? Really? Yeah, I think so.
1: Why though? I mean, doesn't it kind of have to drowning happen? in Grammys?
0: No, I know, but I don't think necessarily it being popular necessarily means it's not yeah. a cult classic. I think it's like okay. just in some ways, I think just being extraordinarily respected yeah. You know, That's can fair. can make yeah. it a cult like in 20 years, like that record is gonna be like, wow, do you remember that fucking record? That thing is like stands the test of time. Now I could be wrong, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I do think there's yeah. such a thing as an instant cult classic,
1: you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the definition of cult classic means that it's there's a it, in order to like it, you're in almost a cult of people, and there's it's a you're a chosen few, it's a not not popular there's only a handful of people who actually like it and maybe i don't i don't know maybe yeah. maybe the idea of but i cult think maybe you look at just, you know
2: one of the most named cult classic movies like rocky horror picture show like everyone's fucking seen it mm-hmm. you know it's people like it but then you have the people that yeah it, it, it almost like dressing up and all that
0: it almost signifies a unique you know something yeah. that's unique that 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 kind of leaves the pack behind in a way you know yeah. Um, and definitely this next tune. And I'm so glad you put this on, Jim, because I mm-hmm. didn't initially think of this record, but I absolutely yeah. love this record. And this 100% is a respected cult classic. This record's amazing. I'm going to play it now. And... The but I'd rather be caught around now instead of oh, say, the month of June.
1: But if I can leave.
2: So that's Blind Melon. Uh the song is Galaxy Slash Hello Goodbye. And it's off the album Soup. Uh, um it's the it's the first track off the album. I think I picked all uh first tracks for, for no, all that's funny. Tracks.
0: it could be the last Goodbye. track, right? Sorry. It seems like a last track type song though.
2: It does. It does. And I mean, I love that opening. Uh, the song de- de- definitely changes into more of a rocker, uh, you know, quarter of the way through, but that opening with just the, the brass and he's just kind of like, has like this like loose vocal style singing over it.
1: He died um, young too.
2: So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sh- Shannon Hoon was the lead, lead singer, obviously by far, by far, by far their biggest hit was, was no rain. uh, definitely anchored by the music video with the dancing bee girl.
0: That was not on Um, this record though.
2: Right. It was off their self-titled, uh, uh, album. And this was the
1: album afterwards, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's what they were known for, um, was really the song, no rain. Um, they were definitely respected at the time and had a good following, um, of fans And, you know, and Shannon, he died shortly after the release of Soup, uh, this album, which I think is kind of interesting, because I think often we see like an album comes out right before or right after someone dies, and that almost like explodes its popularity. Um, And for whatever reason, this one just never took hold. It was, was, I think the critical reception was kind of like 50-50. You know, a lot of critics were like, oh, this doesn't live up to, uh, you know, their first album.
0: It's so much better than the first album
2: no I, I agree completely
0: people didn't um, like it because it, it wasn't no rain it's such exactly. a good it's such a great yeah, people record. wanted no rain they were doing they were doing like rock music but psych, but it was psychedelic in a in a poppy way like you know I mean you know Shannon was notoriously like on LSD a lot of the times you know in, yeah. in live shows and stuff
1: and there's definitely a uh uh a, a mystique. To this record. Well this the song at least has that New Orleans second line vibe to it, which is, you know, you don't hear that in rock. You know, that's just not a thing. That's not a, a thing that you cross over. You know, rock music and you know New Orleans brass is are not really, you know, go hand in hand. And I think mm. that's I think that's interesting in the fact that you know Blind Melon was more than just No Rain. And it's funny because that song, No Rain, is like a pop hit and people love it and the dancing B-Girl and everyone's like, oh, it's a, it's a fun song. It's happy. Meanwhile, if you listen to the lyrics and you know what it's about, it's about crippling depression. And it's like the fact that he mm-hmm. – the only reason why he wants there to be rain – is so he can justify laying in bed all day because he's suffering from depression and he can't get out of bed. And it's like, well, that's that's the song that everybody wants over and over again. And it, well, it just goes to show you a lot of people don't listen yeah, to yep, the lyrics exactly. Barely.
2: Yeah, But yeah. This this album digs in not on that musical style, but on that theme, uh, you know, depression and drugs.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you could put this album and- uh, against Allison Chains. Uh, and you could put it with Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, you know, that whole, like, I guess it's like a, a 90s rock, but, like, sort of 90s drug rock, you know?
2: Yeah. It's definitely a, yeah, a little bit more complex and better songwriting, I think, than a lot of the stuff in, in, in this scene. So.
0: Yeah, but those albums are great, too. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to the next track. This is maybe... Uh, I'd like to hear Nick's definition of this one.
1: in the first guns blast in the hearse a vast universe when the last is the first the past been the curse i need some aspirin the nurse to show casket and earth but oh, why ask when it hurts a passionate first so some last minute work first the human bodies of living fast jurassic- and- finished first uh from jurassic five and uh, i don't know if this is a cult classic so in my brain i this album jumped out at me when i was trying to figure out what a cult classic is for the simple fact that this album is phenomenal. The group is phenomenal. Yet not too many people know them. They're not making they're not the most popular hip hop group that have been talked about and the this album particularly was like their their major most their major release, their first debut album. And it was just like no one knew what it was no one even heard of this band but then you find people who do know then you find like hip hop heads that know Jurassic 5 and when you talk about Jurassic 5 they love them and they love this album so to me it's like it's a i don't know if it's technically a cult classic but if you a lot of people don't know this band but when you do you'll love
0: them like I feel there's like Jurassic 5 is a pretty pretty uh well-known band no
1: Are, i don't see that's the thing they have they've definitely gained notoriety throughout the years you know they went on tour with dave matthews which really helped their popularity you know they they've disbanded ever since uh but it's it's one of those groups that was like you know early 2000s late 90s early 2000s they were just the definition of hip-hop you know they were they came out west you know the they're part of the, the, the freestyle fellowship and they just they Took me like it's they're one of my all time favorite hip hop groups or just groups in general. You know I love everything they've done. They got a little bit of you know heat from this album and then their next album kind of really like kind of blew them up a little bit. But I don't know it's, it's, this album's not making lists. You talk about greatest hip hop albums of all time, no one's talking about you know Jurassic Five and. I think when you do find people who are fans of Jurassic five, they're like, Oh, that's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. And to me, that's like the cult part of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess
0: I don't know. I don't know enough about this to, to call it a cult classic or not. Jim, what do you think? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, definitely like know Jurassic five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they've found, I can't think of any like mainstream hit that they've had. You know what I mean? Um, so you know i think in that way it qualifies i did actually consider uh the uh the spirit of apollo by nasa nick do you know do you know that one i do yeah with which has at least one member of jurassic five whose name i cannot don't know how to pronounce charlie two A. charlie tuna charlie tuna there we go <laughs> that was right, the whitest thing that, that you've ever
1: done jim what do you say charlie charlie two A. that's how it's spelled but it's proving Charlie, my here. just
0: a pig and chick is finally somebody else gets made fun of.
1: Charlie it's Charlie Tuna. Wrong. It's Charlie Tuna and the reason why he called himself Charlie Tuna is because he raps with efficiency, like a fish in sea.
0: Oh, oh Jesus wow. Christ. That's right up my alley. How, how
1: well, of course I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is right That's up my alley. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, but Charlie Tuna um, is the the the, the yeah. lurch-sounding guy, deep, baritone uh, MC. And all these MCs, there's four MCs and two DJs. Cut Chemist and DJ Newmark are hugely respected in the, uh, the production game. Scott, I'm surprised you don't know much more about Cut Chemist. I come in here often and play some of the songs that he puts together. Uh, DJ Newmark's the same. And then the four MCs are just – they took – their their rhyme patterns were like four syllables deep and they were just it's so they're such a talented group i i mean i i absolutely love and adore jurassic five and i love this album and like i said most people who do know the group love this album as well so that's why i put it on the list and if if it's not a cult classic i'm just happy i got a chance to talk about it
0: well god bless you now we're gonna go on to something a little bit different but also not surprisingly on the list You guys ever noticed? But I let mine play just about five seconds longer than yours. Oh yeah. It's, it's like a control thing. You know what I mean? Um, I can't hear Jim, but I'm gonna stop that and turn him back up. So that is can, and the song is pinch, right? So the the this um uh record is definitely a cult classic. It's like, I mean, I actually had this is off the record egg bomb And I actually had Tago Mago on there originally, which is another record of theirs. They're both, I think, equally respected in um, hipster circles, you know, like people like Williamsburg, young, like 20 year olds are like, yeah, Tago Mago. I don't know if they've actually ever heard the record, but they know of the record, you know, but um, this song was we named Pinch after this song right? So, um, paper house network was named after paper house pinch was named after this can has a way of, uh, of, uh, naming that. I just love their names. Um, but the music is amazing as well. I think, I don't know. This has probably made one of the other playlists I'm assuming, but, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I kept putting Tagamago on and taking it off and putting this one on and whatever. I figured since it's the pinch music podcast, why not put this,
1: uh, the cult classic that it was named after. I dig it. Uh, i have just kind of realized though that most kraut rock is cult classic and it has dawned on me that this was just all uh, scott's manipulation to just do a kraut rock podcast episode but he cleverly there's disguised all, only it one as kraut rock cult, song cult classic well i mean no, all, we can do all a kraut, kraut rock, rock episode i feel like all kraut rock is a cult classic because in like kraut rock itself is its own little cult following not no, too for many sure. people know what Kraut Rock could be, is. Yeah,
0: Kraut yeah, Rock could be like a cult genre. Yeah. And but like, I don't think all Kraut Rock is, is culty, but like, there's definitely Kraut Rock albums that are like, have cult followings.
1: And you just know? to verify, for those who don't know or may be confused, Kraut Rock is not rock that comes from Germany, just like Prague Rock is not rock that comes from Prague. Some well, people some people had really to learn from that. Germany.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Krautrock does come from Germany, usually. But now it's beyond that. Now it's become a genre in and of itself. But um, but you know, traditionally like Krautrock does come from Germany. Prague rock, basically, there's no real connection between the, the Prague and and Prague the the, the place. And anyway, whatever. We're not going to get into it. Did we get into it last time? What you thought prog rock was?
1: Did no, we I talk d- about it in the last episode? No, we did not talk about it. I Think you threw a little jab at me, but no one picked up on it because no one knows that I, I didn't bring it up last episode I because I came into the studio once and I was like, "What is prog rock?" And then Scott just like, "It's that was last rock. week." Just, just, uh, it's not, songs not that once progress that- and they don't like repeat themselves. I didn't
0: bring it up last week because we made fun of you because of the octave thing last yeah. week. I didn't want to make fun of you twice. We were saving. But-
1: Get for just, this episode.
0: But Nick thought, you know, Prague rock was f- music from Prague. Just like Kraut rock was music from Germany. Like, that's just, I just assumed that because I never knew. But I'm, Prague is short for progressive, mm-hmm. progressive rock. So, but now he knows. Yeah. Look, uh, we we're know. all learning new things. He teaches yeah. me
1: about hip hop stuff. I teach him about common sense things. And now Jim now knows the name is Charlie Tuna and not Charlie 2A. <laughs> I'm so,
2: learning about rapper names. Charlie you
1: know? 2A right. sounds like a French name. Charlie Tuiné, <laughs> jazz, com-
0: <laughs> jazz composer. Charlie Tuiné. Uh, right, I so thought it sounded like a
2: hacker name or something.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to Jim. We are the
2: Village Green Preservation Society. God save the whole duck on the Bill and Mariah. So that is the Village Green Preservation Society by the Kinks off the album. The Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society. Um, so this was definitely one of the you know first albums I thought of when we said cult classics, because you know, the Kinks are, of course, super famous band. They had huge hits, uh, you know, like You Really Got Me, which is just, you know. You know, in heavy rotation on any like classic rock or oldie stations, been covered a million times, whatever. They have a ton of hits. And this album uh, was basically a flop when it came out in 1967. And, you know, I knew the kinks were going to be on this list somewhere, whether it was this or face to face, um, which was, you know, considered the first concept album. But yeah, this album just did not resonate with the times. It was, you know, it was not psychedelic. It
0: was not it is psychedelic
2: rebellious. Though. Really? I don't yeah, know. It sounds are you pretty kidding like me?
0: you hear the tape edits and shit and you hear like I don't know, it just sounds like it it it, it has a psychedelic feel yeah, to yeah. me. Like psychedelic pop, like said, like Beatles psychedelic yeah, okay, pop. maybe
2: psychedelic pop,
0: yeah. Yeah, like um, it has a psychedelic there though. It makes me feel like I'm on acid when I listen to stuff like that. Like I could be on acid like walking down the street Scott like has such a. I I guess Scott everything makes you feel like I'm on acid. You could you could Make yourself feel like you're on asset to anything. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, you could listen to this while you're like on acid and you're thinking, oh my God, like, where are we on some kind of pink moon? That was yeah. a throwback to the Nick Drake record, yeah. by the way. Nice, nice but callback.
2: Anyway, I, it, it did not really like jam with the zeitgeist at the time when it came out. And I actually, just learned while doing a little Wikipedia, it came out on the same day as the White Album. So that's going to hurt sales. I I can barely hear you guys, by the way, but um, I feel like that could be potentially, you know, that could have been devastating to its sales. I think it sold under 100000 when it first came out, Um, and for a huge band like the Kinks was a big disappointment. So, um, yeah, and it was one of those albums that was always respected by other musicians. Like, I think Pete Townsend's called it the best album ever, Um, and then it was one that really got rediscovered in the 90s by indie rockers and ended up becoming a huge influence on a lot of indie music in the nineties.
1: I also think that the kinks are a great cult classic kind of band too, because it mm-hmm. kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier with journey. You know, a yeah. lot of people know who the kinks are. A lot of people know their hits, but if you've ever mm-hmm. met like a really big kinks fan they're they mm-hmm. almost dislike the hits because they think there's, yeah. they, the band themselves are so much more than just what everybody knows. And that's like got that pretentious cult, Uh, kind of mentality is like, oh, you only like the hits. I know the B sides and the rarities because I'm a big Kinks fan. Remember our old friend Matt Lodge? I was just going to bring up Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge, we we've brought him up a couple times in this podcast. Big St. Louis blues fan, diehard Cardinals fan, big Kinks fan. You should tag him in this, and then maybe we'll get another subscriber. Yeah, he's probably listening. He, He I doubt it. Maybe we'll see what happens.
0: He he would be good for as a guest. Oh he, yeah, you know, because he's a little bit like pretentious when it comes to music, so that would be good, right?
2: Oh, he'd be a great guest.
0: Yeah, that's something to think about. that
2: rising songs.
0: You know? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get him in there. Uh, all right, so we're here to our last song now, and and uh, it is one of Nick's cult classics, and I believe this came off his Google search. However, <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, it's a good pick. That compressed room Mike, Nick God damn you half Japanese girls Do it to me every time All oh, the redheads said to shred the cello And I'm jello, baby You won't talk, won't look, won't think of me I'm the epitome, a public enemy Why you wanna go into do me like that? Come down on the street and dance with me I'm
1: It's Scorcho by Weezer, and it you're right, um, this came off a uh, Google, Google search. And this, so this was, this is a good um, pick for me to try to explain my train of thought about what a cult classic is. So I originally had, uh, I put the Beach Boys Pet Sounds on the playlist because of what we talked about last episode. That basically, we basically said that Pet Sounds was not really, popular at its release, but has now grown to be one of the most respected and revered albums of all time. So I put it on the list, but I was felt like I was cheating because we had discussed that last week. Then I put Sublime's 40 Ounces of Freedom on because I feel like that album gets, it's so good. It's one of their best albums, but everybody knows Sublime from Sublime Sublime. Then I put Cool G Rap on because I think as, an, as a hip hop uh, fan, Cool G Rap is one of the most underappreciated MCs of all time so i put on one of his albums but then i was like i don't know i I don't know if this album is technically a cult classic so as i'm googling pinkerton is a cult classic i'm like okay sure why i had no idea why is pinkerton a cult classic why is not the blue album so i i I could say the blue album could be construed as a cult classic. so i i guess it kind of hit me and this is what we were talking about earlier is the blue album weezer weezer the blue album was their first album came out and it was wildly successful. I mean it was a monster. That those music videos, just the the hits on the radio, the songs that weren't on the radio, everybody loved the blue album inc- including myself. And then I think because when bands get to a so successful off a debut, it's so hard to live up to it. It's the sophomore jinx. Pinkerton was their sophomore jinx. And I think when it came out, it wasn't the blue album. So everyone kind of wrote it off real quick. And then as time has gone, people realized, yo, Pinkerton's actually a really good album. And that is what made me like, oh, okay. So that's why it's a cult classic. I think people pick up on it and appreciate it as time goes by. And if anyone knows me, I am a big Weezer fan. The fact that they're still putting out hits. Last year, in fact, they came out with two albums the teal album and the black album the teal album obviously just being covers but they are fantastic covers and then the black album is one of the best albums i've heard in the last 10 years and i that's the type of thing that you hear and you go back and like yo Pinkerton's a freaking great album how wasn't this hugely successful
0: well i yeah. think i think that it's oh. a great i think it's a great <laughs> choice i'm just going to interrupt jim because he's on a lag you know he can't keep up with us now that he's in the virtual world but <laughs> the just an episode idea is music that makes you feel strange. Music that you can't identify why it makes you feel a certain way. You just,
1: you just keep... Your mic is cutting in and out. You just you, keep coming up with more clever ways to do krautrock rock songs.
0: No, there's music that makes you feel strange, like Hello by Lionel Richie. Something about that makes me feel fucking weird. Weezer, the blue record, <laughs> makes me feel strange. Why it brings back just weird, not even memories, but feelings. It's just like, oh my god, it's high school. It makes me think of oatmeal cookies and stealing Diet Cokes from Wise Market.
1: I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about eighties music like that. I That's don't what know I'm why. saying. I feel like music
0: I'm... that makes you feel strange, weird things. That it's like, when I die, is God going to be Weezer? You know what I mean? Is it
1: going to be Lionel Re- Richie and Weezer? Cuomo is God?
0: Yeah, like it might like it's going to be Lionel Richie and it's going to be Weezer, and they're going to be doing like a mashup, and it's going to be like welcome. Welcome to heaven. You know what I mean. Like, there's certain songs that do something strange to you. That's a good episode. Anyway, Jim, go ahead. Follow
1: that, Jim.
2: I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I think I was going to say it's interesting. You keep you, you're not even mentioning that uh, all of those albums are called Weezer. Um, yes, they're. But oh, lord! Nick. God damn it! Nick. Um,
0: you're like a comic who just can't figure it out. The mic's cutting out. Now is when I get a call from Emilio. The mic's cutting out. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim.
2: Um, you know, I just think it's great that the word pink is in that one, but it's not called the pink album and it's not, the album cover is not pink. Um, but also honestly, Pinkerton is not one of my favorite Weezer albums. I, I like this song and uh pink triangle, which is actually my favorite Weezer song. But, um, You know, maybe maybe I'll have to revisit it, but uh, I I definitely don't put it up there with some of some other albums and definitely not the blue album.
1: Well, that's that's interesting, too. And that's what kind of makes me feel like a little bit of a cheat here is that, yes, Pinkerton's Mm -hmm. not one of my favorite. It's probably I don't even know if it's my top five Weezer albums, but I'm a big Weezer fan, like I said. So, you know, the sixth best Weezer song album is still pretty good in my book, but. Yeah, I'm not a I, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge Pinkerton fan, but I do like it. I do enjoy it. It's not I'm not saying it's no good, and I'm just putting this on because some Google search told me it was a cult classic. But yeah, you're right. It's you know the blue album. Well, that is, is why you're putting it on. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I had <laughs> to I had to, do, I had to do a little research. There, there's but, nothing wrong with that. But no, yeah, that's but that's the beauty of this podcast, and it's the beauty of being a uh, music fan that likes all genres. Is that sometimes you'll bring something up and it's like I, I don't know what that means. So you you take a deep dive and you start searching and then you come across God knows what. And next thing you know, you're a fan of a, of a, of a DJ by the name of Mr. Kitty. Like, you know, it's just a weird, it's a weird wild world that we live in. And I thoroughly enjoy Coming up with topics that I don't know, like that's the best part of it. And I don't know what it means, so I have to do the research. And this is the best kind of research: is just listening to new music.
0: Well, I will say that Nick is becoming a monk. I don't know if you guys know this. He has shaved his head, and he's now uh, next week going on vacation to Vermont to a house that has no furniture. So he's getting rid of all worldly things, and he is slowly becoming a hari krishna type person with bells and whistles i'm sneaking in slowly as i woo you with my beautiful voice another krautrock cult classic noi uh song so thank you everybody if you like that i'm sneaking it in i'm taking control there are no rules anymore here in the pinch music podcast uh guys Check out, the paper hi- ca- ca- uh, check out the Paper House Network. There's a bunch of shows on there. Uh, like us, share, review. I say these things, and I feel like they never happen, and that's disappointing. If you're someone who listens to this podcast, otherwise known as a pincher, support us, help us, share the podcast, or just message me. Say, hey, Scott, I actually listened all the way to the end of this episode about cult classics. I listen to you and I love you. Write me a message and say, I love you. And I want to hear your voice in my head while I die. Slowly.
1: Or not. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Pinch Music Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a favor, subscribe and leave a review. Also, check out the show notes for links and playlists curated by the ear himself. And make sure you check out pinchrecording.com.